Emily Baker and Will Lovett of the special. Is there anyone that feels? Is there anyone that falls? Am I the only one in church today feeling so small? Cause when I take a look around, everybody seems so strong. I know they'll soon discover that I don't belong. So I tug it all the way, like everything's okay. But ain't the marvelous. If you will, open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4 tonight. The title for tonight's sermon is The Identifying Mark of a Child of God. I want to read verse 7 to start us out tonight. Um, It says, chapter 4, verse 7, 
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. Let's bow forward a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you so much for your love. Dear Lord, what you accomplished on the cross, um, the atonement for our sins, dear Lord. Dear Lord, just help us to be people who love one another. Dear Lord, just help us to be a church who loves one another and loves the world around us. Dear Lord, just forgive us all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. Let's look back at chapter 4 and start in verse 1. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Whereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us, he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The first thing I want you to see is John is, is writing this. He, he, he's telling these people that you need to know who's who. You need to know who's who. You need to know uh, what people are about. Uh, last week we heard a message in, in last Sunday morning, uh, and the message uh, was said this: You can tell a lot about a person by what they know about Jesus. And and, and here, what John tells these people is is you can know what spirit they're being led by by what they tell you about Jesus. He says if they proclaim Jesus has come in flesh then they're of Him. If, if they say, no, that's not so, but they preach the things of this world, they're not of Him. It's pretty plain and simple, isn't it? Jesus, uh, Jesus needs to be the center of our motivation. This is the test uh, that He gives us first here to look at. The way we walk, the way we talk from day to day ought to reflect the grace and mercy that Jesus Christ has given to us. And that's, that's what John is pointing out here as he begins this chapter and he uh, follows up in verse 7 as we read at the very beginning, is who's who? Are you of Christ or are you not of Christ? Is, is there people among you that uh, have the spirit of the Antichrist who preach something uh, contradictory to Jesus coming in the flesh? Those not of God cannot understand the things of God. He says there that the world speaks and the world hears. And then we, the people of God, verse 6, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth us not. Why can't he hear us? Because he doesn't understand the things of God. Look at verse 7 now. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, or I'm sorry, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. 
In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that He, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. Here it's, it, it's talking about love on display. Jesus is our ultimate example of love. Jesus himself said, no greater love is this than a man lay down his life for his friends. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Even though we were yet sinners, sinful, all of our righteousness as filthy rags, he went to the cross and paid a payment that we could not pay. With his life, he showed love on display for us. Not only does he show love in that way, but I want to I want to let you think about something. When I was a little kid, I remember helping Daddy, and there was there was one project in particular that I remember helping Daddy with, and and we were rebuilding a winch. And let me tell you, um, that winch never got finished. Um, but I remember Dad telling me, go get this tool, go get that tool. And I was so little, I really, I didn't know what tool he was talking about. And as I look back on that moment, I think of what God does with us. Even though I'm not necessarily qualified, though I'm not necessarily your first pick, God chooses to use me. God chooses to use every one of us. In the same way, and, and to me, that, that in itself is an example of love. That God, he, He's got all the power and all, all authority in this world. He could do His ministry without any of us. But yet He chooses to use us. That's something personal. That's something that I think about. And, and here, John in verse 11, He gives us a charge. He says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. You know, that's hard to do sometimes. <laughs> Think about it. That's hard. That is hard to do sometimes because, uh, you know, sometimes I don't like the people God leads me to love. <laughs> and, and, and there's sometimes in my life that, uh, and I'm sure in easy, uh, in, in all of yours as well, that not everyone I'm called to love is easy to love. But then I think about how undeserving I am of God's love. And yet He still loved me. You see, the love that we're called to love others with is not the love we have ourselves, but the love we have from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and so what He says is, is, if God so loved us in that way, we ought to love one another. Loving one another is, is our identifying mark as Christians. Jesus said it this way, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's our identifying mark as Christians. If we want to be a witness in the world that we live in, the best way we're going to do it is if we love one another. 
But then Paul furthers this thought in verse 12. He says, No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. Many of you have heard this phrase before, and, and it's not completely unbiblical. That you may be the only Jesus someone ever sees. Right here it says, No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and His love is perfected in us. People see a relationship with Jesus Christ. They, they, they see Jesus Christ in this world through the way that we treat them. And, and here it says, this is a maturing love. If you, if you remember uh, the word perfected here in 1 John, it's used several times here in the next few verses. It, it, we know that we are never going to be perfect here on this earth. But we do know that that word perfecting means that we can strive towards that, that we can mature in that. Look at verse 13, it says, Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He hath given us His of His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him, and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Two more verses. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, maturing love, casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So as, as our love begins to mature, as it begins to look like Christ, we see this interesting principle coming out, and that is perfect love, mature love, casteth out fear. And, and for a long time, I really struggled on how to present that and how to make that make sense. And then uh, Laura's dad told me this story one time, and, and it just all clicked. Um, they have, Brother Jerry and Miss Karen, uh, Laura's mother and father, they have this dog. And um, it's afraid of its own shadow, okay? It is afraid of everything. Well, they put in a new uh, hall light, okay, like one of those uh, night lights. They put it in the hall. And the dog wouldn't go past it. He was scared to death of that light. And Brother Jerry told me one time, he said, this is how I got him to overcome that fear. You see, the dog, his name is Taylor. And, and, and Taylor, he, he loves beef jerky. And he said, how I got Taylor to overcome that fear is every day I'd walk on the other side of it with a piece of beef jerky in my hand and say, come on, Taylor. And he would come get the beef jerky. See, here's the thing. Taylor's love for beef jerky outweighed his fear of the light. We as Christians, a lot of times we get scared and backed into a corner because we're scared of the way people see us. 
We're scared of the way people will perceive us if we witness to them, if we tell them about Christ. But I want to ask you this, do we really love them? Because if we really love people, if we really love people and care about their eternal home in heaven, then that perfected love outweighs the fear we have. You see that? And as we, as Christians, strive to be more like Christ, we can say, let go of these fears because we are legitimately concerned with the people in this world and their eternal home. And before long, our love becomes more prominent in our life than the fear that we once had. So perfect love cast out fear. You see how that works? The next thing John goes on to is he, verse 19, he says, We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him that, that he who loveth God... His brother, that he who loveth God love his brother also. We need to test our love. How will the world know Christ loves them if it not for us? If the people who've accepted the grace of God can't share the love of Christ to the world, who will? If we don't show them we love them, how will they know that Christ loves them? We need to test our love, try God, love people, and see what happens. Now along that journey, that's not promised that we won't get hurt. I know the famous saying is, whenever you love people, you open yourself to hurt. It's very true. But I'm reminded of the words of Tennyson. He says, better to have loved and lost than to have ever to never loved at all. Many of you probably heard that quote before, but Tennyson also said this. Love is the only gold. And I want to leave you with a thought this evening. Jesus gave out two commandments. Both of them centered around one word. Love. What kind of follower are we if we go through our whole life and never love? Two commandments centered around one word seems pretty simple that love is a very big part of our faith. I want to ask you tonight as we get ready for a hymn of invitation. Do you know the love of Christ? Do you know what He did on the cross to demonstrate His love toward us? While we were yet sinners, He died for us. The ultimate display of love. If you're here and you've accepted that that free gift, that grace that God offers, are you reciprocating that? Knowing that Christ loved you opens the opportunity for you to love others. Are we doing that?